When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscaster. Welcome to the RC Sportscasting Podcast, Coach's Corner Edition, season finale here live at Wings Etc. in Niles, Michigan as we are going to talk with our area football coaches, wrapping up the 2023 regular season. But for many, the season still goes on, and uh, we'll be talking about that as well. Going to the scoreboard from last Friday night, the Brandywine Bobcats got a much-needed win to conclude the season as they went up, made the long road trip to Godwin Heights, and defeated the Fighting Wolverines 28-14. to The Bobcats finished with a 3-6 and record and unfortunately missed the playoffs. How about the Niles Vikings? What can you say about the Vikes? They had the matchup of the state as they went on to take on undefeated Paul Paul, not only conference championship on the line, <coughs> excuse me, but the number one seed in the playoff pairings. And it was Niles over Paul Paul, 56 to 18. We'll be talking with Coach Scott Shaw here momentarily about that. The Buchanan Bucks, they certified legitimate, uh, their playoff chances by shutting out Union City 34 to nothing. Edwardsburg pretty much needed a win and in and they got it as they have found their offense here in the last few weeks. They route Sturgis 59 to 33. Berrien Springs ran into a buzzsaw with Portland. Never heard of Portland but Portland defeats Berrien 43 to nothing and it was Dewajak over Cassopolis 35 to nothing. Dewajak misses the playoff by one spot to Benton Harbor. Those are our scores from around the area on Friday night. And first up on the docket, because he's first come, first serve, and it's always been Scott Shaw. And uh, Coach, first off, congratulations. 8-1, conference champs in the playoffs for the second consecutive year. It's got to feel good right now. Oh, it feels real good. Thank you. Uh, and like I, I said, this is the last show that I'm going to bug you on a Monday night, so now you can now you can concentrate on Ford Field from here on out. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll concentrate uh, uh, on Vicksburg this week. There you and, go. Uh, then, like we tell the kids, uh, we just want to earn another Monday. You know, it's nice to be able to practice on a Monday after a Friday, uh, Friday night's game. So as long as we're doing that, we're having some uh, modicum of, of success. Speaking of practice on Monday, normally when you get to this part of the year and then you do qualify for the playoffs, normally that first practice, getting ready for the playoffs, the weather isn't as near as cooperative as it was, at least for today. It was beautiful out today. Oh, it was great. It was a beautiful day. Uh, You know, and we had a really good practice. Uh, It was nice and crisp and uh, quick and uh, everything you want in a Monday practice. So, uh, you know, we've been having good Mondays all year long, and uh, today was no difference, and the weather helps, and Hopefully it, it stays pat uh, uh, for a while, you know. So. I have not looked at the weather forecast. I'm sure you have. What is the forecast for this coming Friday? Well, Friday is 30% chance of rain right now, but uh, uh, it's supposed to be wet like when uh, tomorrow night and Wednesday or something like that. So 
and the weekend's supposed to uh, be. Uh, seems like we're in that pattern when it's run, raining on the weekend. So well, we lucked out last Friday, and it uh, didn't have any rain where we were. So uh, that that was nice. Looking back at last week's game over Paul Paul. Um, Things kind of started off kind of like probably maybe as expected. It was a game, and then really you just – whether it was halftime adjustments and just you guys keeping momentum, but that second half, man, you guys just kicked it up another notch and rolled. Yeah, well, we scored on the second play of the game about a 90-yard, 92-yard uh, option play where we pitched to uh, Julian, and he took it to the house. We uh, blocked it pretty well, but then they came right back and answered with a long kickoff return. and. Uh, we 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 traded uh, back and forth about the first two or three possessions, and then we got a stop and took it down. And we were up twenty-one to twelve with about uh, uh, I'd I'd say fifty seconds left in the first half, and uh, we got a good uh, uh, kickoff return. They tried to shank it, and we picked it up and we ran it back to about midfield. We got a first down, and then we hit a. Uh, a pass to uh, Sam Recker for a touchdown right before, right before the half, uh, with about uh, probably 49 seconds left, and uh, that that was one I think that uh, uh, broke the camel's back, maybe sort of because we they three and outed on the first uh, series, and then we took that down and scored. So, uh, and then it was, uh, you know, you could see their old daubers were down a little bit, and uh, uh, and our kids, like I said, uh, they responded to everything that they did. And I couldn't be happier about that. So, I'm good friends with a lot of all the Niles Chain Gang crew, the legendary Niles Chain Gang crew. I mean, there's there's not a, a chain gang, I don't think, in the entire state that's as more popular and probably talked about as, as what the Niles. Right. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, but uh, talking to actually uh, got to spend yesterday with one of them and is my basketball sidekick, Derek Balos. We went to watch the Bears-Raiders game yesterday. And he was telling me about, you know, obviously with them being on the visitor sidelines, they kind of get a little bit of a pulse or like behind the scenes kind of audio from, from right. the coaches and players. And, and one of the things that he said was um, that after a couple of the runs and some of the touchdowns, the players are coming off and the coaches are going, you know, what the hell happened? And he said there's several different times a coach is like, Coach, we can't catch them. Yeah. We just can't catch them. Yeah, then – it speed kills, you know, and uh, it's nice to have it on your side. So, uh, we we noticed that too that uh, you know we could get we we got outside successfully quite a few times, either whether the rocket sweep or option or whatever, and uh, uh, it's nice to be able to do that. There was a nice <laughs> article in the South Bend Tribune about the four Norsemen uh, yeah. today. Tell us about that. Well, John uh, uh, John Finneran is. Uh, uh, Long time reporter, good friend of my dad's. Yeah, John's yeah, a great yeah. guy. He's been around for a long time, and uh, uh, he, uh, I, th I think he really enjoys uh, coming up. He came to our uh, watch party last night, and uh, he was uh, uh, there. He wrote an article about that tonight too. So, uh, but he he coined that phrase two weeks ago when he covered us with, uh, uh, I guess it was Edwardsburg, yeah. And uh, it said the four, instead of the four horsemen, the four Norsemen. So made sense, and uh, uh, we're going to run with it. So I, I kind of like it. So another thing that obviously your offense has been well documented and has been the the focal point. And obviously, when you're scoring fifty plus points almost the entire season a game, um, 
and we've mentioned a little bit about your defense, you know, that that's kind of went under the radar. But that's another thing that Derek was telling me. He's like, Rob, these freaking kids can hit. I mean, he says, I mean, they really come, fly to the ball, and they hit. And I'm like, well, I said, it's a credit to them, obviously. I said, but it's also a credit to your defensive coaching staff because that comes from drills and whatnot that you guys do throughout the week in practice. So um, your defensive coordinator. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Michael yeah. Uh, does a great job uh, – uh, designing defenses and uh, you know scheming out different things and uh, the expectations are high. You know the the biggest expectation we have on defense is you got to run to the ball or you can't play. And uh, all of our kids, you know, we start that the very first day of the summer, uh, getting our kids to the ball and getting our get, you know wherever they're at on the field, they go to the ball. And uh, it serves two purposes. It it ingrains in them the importance of of how. You need to get to the ball to make a play, but it also, uh, you know, it's conditioning uh, type of deal in the summer. Uh, so, and it carries over, and our, our kids do go to the ball. You know, you watch Alex Cole uh, play football, and uh, and he plays the way it should be played. Uh, he flies around, he gets to the ball, and and this kid's probably not 150 pounds soaking wet, but uh, he's the best player on, probably on our defense, and, uh, you know, I, I would say he's probably the best defensive player that I've seen in the conference this year. Conference champions, trophy, where's it at right now? Uh, haven't seen it. <laughs> is, it, uh, you know. is it. Is it traveling? Is it like the Stanley Cup where people yeah. are borrowing it every yeah. day? They say it's in the mail, but, oh. uh, you know, it, uh, I don't know. We, so we, you literally didn't have actually a trophy presented no, we, to you? Okay. we had a banner. Okay. We had a banner, and we took a picture uh, with it. And, uh, you know, we're uh, our, our kids, are, they know what they did. And uh, uh, we'll get that trophy eventually, and we'll take a picture with it. And. Uh, hopefully we'll get some other other pictures uh, to go along with it. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and l l let's dive right into it as clearly not only winning the conference, but you got you locked in the number one seed for your district. Um, and lo and behold, look at the Edwardsburg Eddies. To their credit, they kind of bounced back after getting back-to-back -back shutouts to Paul Paul and to Niles. They turned on, they ran the table, they got their offense straight, and now they're scoring points. They qualify, which had did nothing but help you guys because that really yeah. made your district. Obviously, you're gonna you guys are gonna be the clear favorite. Doesn't guarantee anything, but I mean that prevented like the likes of Grand Rapids South Christian and creeping yeah. in because for the long even up to yesterday, I'm looking at snooze to you and they had they had you playing Edwardsburg and Grand Rapids South Christian playing Paul Paul. Yeah, he's obviously, never, he's never right. He's never right, uh, which obviously the case. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, you're right, and then. Edwardsburg making it, and then Vicksburg was the big one that, that was able to win and stay. I, I mean, I think they made it in by a couple thousandths of, of, a, wow. of a point. Which is obviously who you're going to be playing right, Friday night right. at 7 o'clock. So if they hadn't have made it, we would have probably seen Wayland or, or Hastings drop down. I don't think Grant, South Christian would have come down past Wayland. Right. But uh, you never know with the state. But, uh, you know, I think they drew, the, uh, they drew our, at least this year, uh, and I want to say it's the best draw we could get, but it's pretty close if we if we uh, keep winning. So, how comfortable it is it is it more of a comfort for you as a coach knowing now that you're going to face a team that not only you defeated but defeated pretty soundly, or is it kind of a thing to where you kind of like you hope that your kids don't take this for granted? Well, we've talked about that, and we've talked about that already uh, very seriously. That uh, uh, and I told him it, it is hard to beat a team twice. If you take our situation last year, 
Three Rivers beat us in the season. We turn around and kind of beat them pretty bad right. in the playoffs. Uh, Edwardsburg beat, beat us, us in the season, and we should have won that game last year. So, uh, you know, we I, I just told them that, you know, we whatever happens, we got to treat this as a game. It's it's totally different than the last game. Nothing, you know, you, hopefully you have a short memory. And, uh, right. and we uh, go into that game, and I think our kids will. Uh, they they have approached everything very consistently all all season. I mean they they love to get out and they love to go fast and they love to uh, put it on you. So uh, we're gonna we're hopefully gonna come out and you know there's an old footballism. We're gonna hit them in the mouth right off the get go and uh, we're gonna see where that takes us. I think you could say the same too that the Paul coaches are having the same conversation with their players now that with their rematch with Edwardsburg and a team that they shut out um, right. pretty convincingly you know a, a month ago. But Edwardsburg's a different team right now. Granted, maybe the level of competition isn't the, the likes of, of Paul Paul and you guys, but still, they're playing good football. They have confidence has been back. They've A lot of them, I know that they've lost a lot, but they've also got a lot of kids. Yep. They're, they're used to being in well, the they, playoffs. Well, they still have tradition. You know? yes. those, those kids that are, are seniors are used to being in the playoffs, uh, even the kids that are juniors. And so, uh, you know, and I heard a comment from one of their kids say that they didn't want to be the ones that didn't make it. The first class, and I know that uh, I know that feeling because we used to use that. Our kids and have always said uh, when we were winning in three rivers that they didn't want to be the class that didn't win the conference after seven in a row or or whatever it was. So, uh, you know, they uh, th- th- there's a lot of pride, a lot of pride involved for them. I mean, I just <coughs> really Excuse very me. interested to see the difference between the first game between Paul Paul and Edwardsburg and what transpires. Friday night. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and and here's here's what you do. I mean, you know, when you do that stuff, you, if you lost, you're going to make adjustments that you think uh, caused you to lose the first time. If you won, you're guessing what adjustments that other guy's making, and uh, you make some. The chess you know, match moves yeah, continues yeah, on. That's what that's what's fun about this. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you get in and uh, you see what's uh, you know what what kind of de- you know and I, we're we're perfectly prepared. For them to come out in an entirely different defense than they played the first time. So, so correct me if I'm obviously number one seed. You definitely have locked in home field for this week, and then take care of business Friday night for next week. Did you also accumulate enough points where if you win the districts, will you have that third, that regional first regional game at yes. home? Yeah. And then after that, after that, it's neutral. After that, anyway. Right. So you right. pretty much you have locked in home field. So it's it's either you guys are playing at, at Viking Stadium. Or at a neutral or we're done. site, yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah. I mean, we're either playing at home or we're done, right? Uh, if unless we win three, and then uh, we would play probably the well, we would play the winner coming out of that other one, which most likely would be Portland. Okay. Uh, or, you know, that's my guess. And uh, you know, I didn't realize Portland was Division Four. Where yeah. are they? Where are they from? They're over towards Lansing somewhere. Okay. I mean, I don't know exactly where, but. Uh, uh, they're that way, and uh, then you know yeah, once you hit the semis, you know we told our kids, you know you win four and you're in it, you're playing indoors. Right. Uh, you win five and you're state champion. So, yep. uh, you know it's, uh, and you don't have to play them all. You know you, you look at there's Whitehall, there's uh, South Christian, there's uh, you know a lot of good teams around. You know Spring Lake's good. They run the same thing we run. Uh, but they, we don't have to play them all. We're only going to have to play one of them. Uh, and, and this week, you know, we only have to play Vicksburg. 
We don't right. have to worry about next week. We'll see the ring wing. You know, it's already determined. We'll see the wing T, right? Regardless uh, of who wins that game. So it's like I one of our games being the middle school coach. Uh, we played had a boatload of kids, and you know, we walk out there. Here we are. We've got 21, 20, 21 kids. They probably got forty five pushing fifty, and they're like, you know, you, they have that deer. In the, I like, hey, they can only play eleven. Yeah, they can only play eleven. <coughs> you know. Me. You know, kind of similar to what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they all put their, they, you know, they always put their uh, pants on one leg at a time. So <laughs> uh, everybody does. Well, um, it's going to be exciting. I know that the city of Niles is so excited. I can't even imagine what the attendance. Can you give us a vibe of, I mean, obviously I think we were all ready for that Edwardsburg game, but the weather was so crappy. I think that kind of dampered. Obviously, Friday night the weather was a lot better, and with yeah, what was at stake, I can't even imagine what the atmosphere was there Friday. Our stands were well, and it was it it, it was one of the best atmospheres that I played in front of for a long time. So, uh, you know, the music was going, the fireworks were going. Uh, uh, you know, everybody was everybody was uh, there at scene, but our our stands were completely full, and there was uh, you know it was two or three deep around. From about uh, one end zone to the other, and their their stands were full. Is Matt Brawley going to bring in extra bleachers? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's uh, we could, but uh, you know, at some point, uh, if we have a big crowd, then I I, I would imagine if we win Friday, uh, the next pawpaw game will be pretty heavily pretty attended. Heavy. Let me ask you that, not to put you on the spot for from a knowledge standpoint, but. Um, obviously, people are going to be listening to this. It's going to be Tuesday morning. Is it more of an advantage to purchase your tickets? Are there tickets available to purchase now, and it, would you recommend getting them as sooner versus later, or are they not going to be a lo- posted I think, for I, sale? I think they're going online. But uh, Right, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters if you just – there's know. no, there's no certain number. I mean, if, no, if ten thousand people want to come to Viking yeah. Stadium Friday, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna let f- ten thousand people walk through that gate. Yep. Whether they can see the game or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Coach, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on a wonderful season. Thank you uh, for coming, showing up um, every every week this during this first year of Coach's Corner. It's been a really a, a pleasure getting to know you. Um, as we haven't really gotten to know each other very well. And uh, for what you've done for, for Niles football, I was talking to my dad today, and, you know, it's just, I mean, he's covered, he's covered Niles football since the late 70s. And he says, really, the only other two other times he felt electricity about that, obviously in 79 when the Vikings went undefeated, and, and he was a big part of that. And then, obviously, uh, a couple of years there with Coach Janecki. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we love Dave. Uh, you know, like family, and I know he's part of the other radio, yeah. the the internet crew that's also covering <laughs> the games as well. And I think Excuse that's me. awesome. Um, but just thank you uh, for your commitment here on Monday nights, and congratulations and the best of luck to you. And obviously, uh, Andy and Bob, uh, my two Niles guys, they'll be covering the game. We got everything fixed from a technical standpoint. We actually got a hard line um, connected, so there will not be any internet disruption issues come Friday night or for moving forward and I know Andy and Bob they've had a blast covering you guys and they're looking forward to it um and best of luck thank, uh, thank you. you thank you I'd like to thank you too this has been uh, uh been a great time you know and I think uh I you know I, I enjoy coming in talking about my kids and my coaching staff and 
I'd like to, uh, you know, just give a couple of shout outs. To, Absolutely. You give as many to, shout outs uh, as you want to uh, my coaching staff and Matt and uh, all the faculty at the, uh, at the high school who have been really uh, have kind of bought into this too. And uh, uh, our community has been fantastic. Uh, they're, I think they're excited and uh, uh, our following is, is great. Our parents have been great. And uh, I, I think that everybody's excited. I know even uh, Jeremy uh, last night, and I want to thank him yes. publicly. Uh, uh, he gave us a uh, donate a bunch of wings for our watch That's party. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. Uh, I know he's done that for for Justin as well, yeah. for for Brandywine. So Jeremy is is one of the best around as far as local. He never says no. I mean, he's never said no to me yeah. anytime I've ever asked him for any level of sponsorship or help doing what we do here. Um, he's never said no. He's one of the nicest guys that you're going to meet. And I think he does a great job of keeping level interest with everybody involved. Right, you right. know, he, there, there's no favoritism, <coughs> uh, and, he, and he supports everybody. And I think yeah. he does a great job of that. And, and all of his people here have just been fabulous also. Yeah, and, and, and uh, that's greatly appreciated by us and by me. And uh, I just couldn't be happier in a position. I mean, I you know, I was uh, – uh, at uh, well, three years ago, I was sitting at home and, and wondering if I was ever going to coach again if I wanted to. Right. And uh, got this job, and uh, man, I haven't looked back. It's been, it's been fantastic, and the, I've been treated uh, probably uh, tremendously by everybody involved, uh, from our superintendent uh, Dan Applegate to uh, uh, all of our uh, all of our faculty, anybody anybody that has anything to do with uh, any kind of contact with us, and. Uh, you know, I just want to tell all these people that over there at Edwardsburg how much, uh, how, how great Niles' school system is. So. <laughs> Once again, best of luck to you Friday night. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you Coach. very much. Coach Scott Shaw of the Niles Vikings getting ready for his playoff run this Friday night. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk Bobcat football with Justin Kinsey live here at Wings, etc. on Coach's Corner season <laughs> Finale right here on rcsportscasting.com. We'll be right back. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. And we are back here live at Wings, etc. Even though this is a podcast, we are recording it live on Monday night. Obviously, as you're listening to this, it is Tuesday morning as we release it at 7 a.m. And uh, we just got done talking to Scott Shaw, the head coach of the Niles Vikings. And now we're going to be talking Bobcat football um, with Coach Justin Kinsey. The bad news is the Bobcat season came to a, an end but the good news is it ended on a win as they make the long road trip up to Godwin Heights and really played, uh, I think, I think we, we pulled the same um, excerpt of the Dwajak game and we really put it all together and on both sides of the football, and we'll talk about that with a 28-14 win over a very athletic Godwin Heights team. Extremely athletic football team, yeah. They were, they were big. They were good. I know even we got off the bus and, you know, the coaches were kind of like, oh, my God. Like, even one of the guys is like, are you sure we didn't want to just take the, the forfeit points to get Hartford? And then I go in the locker room like, oh, they don't look that big. They don't look that fast. 
you know, trying to hype the kids up. But, yeah, they were they, – they definitely passed the eye test. They had some big, strong athletes. They had linemen that – at that big number 77. I know he was battling injuries most of the night, but he was massive, massive dude. We walked in there, and all I saw was, obviously, I, when we pulled in, I seen home of the fighting Wolverines, and then I look out, and I literally thought it was the Michigan Wolverines, and they're all blue unis with that size because they they were a carbon copy yeah. uniform-wise when Michigan goes all blue, yep. um, same helmets. Yep. Um, but uh, I think it was just, you know, there, there's so many games, Coach, where we look at this year to where – one play, one penalty away from completely flip-flopping it to where we win that game versus yeah. losing it. And those mistakes weren't there Friday night. I mean, we, yeah. we kept our composure <coughs> and we played four quarters of football. Yeah, and, you know, and again, like, the mistakes were still there. I think what happened, uh, one of the main differences this week was, you know, we still made mistakes. We still had a couple of miscues. You know, it's high school football. Right. I tell the guys all the time, you know, if you guys were perfect, I'd have Auburn and Clemson and Michigan calling me, and I don't. Like, you guys, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, I think the big difference was we had, you know, we, we just, we believed in each other. The guys went out there, they believed in the game plan. They, you know, they, they knew that this was it, essentially. We knew that there was a slim shot, I know, according to Goose Poop. There were, there were about six things that we needed to happen, and literally five of them did happen. The one thing that didn't happen was we needed Sagatuck to beat Schoolcraft because uh, we only missed out by point, .4 points, and, of course, that didn't happen. So I think the guys kind of figured this is our last game, and so you know there's a lot of stuff that had been going on the last few weeks, and uh, the guys kind of put that to the side, and they're like, you know what, let's just go out there and let's just let's just play, and um, <clears throat> it was it was a lot of fun, and I know you know hats off to to Godwin Heights. I mean honestly, it, it reminded me a lot of you know some of our games earlier this year, but their kids, you know, they were getting frustrated, but they had Godwin players were getting involved, pulling their kids off. It was just what a really truly classy program well-coached program uh you know so hats off to them it was it was a really good win I mean I know it's it stinks that the season's over and you know obviously we wish we would have had this kind of production in the last two weeks um but it is it's I think people it'd be easy to understate how huge of a win this is you know to go up and play a uh they were division four I mean they were talking a huge football team and if d4 schools don't lose to d7 schools especially not with athletes like that but that's why we run the triple option. I mean, we, we ground out nine minutes on that opening drive. Yes. And, I mean, I think they only ended up with 39 offensive plays, 36 if three of them were, were pre-snap penalties. Like, so, you know, you get a team of athletes like that, and we just said, hey, they can't, uh, can't hurt us sitting on the bench. I think that was key, too, because not only did you – it was kind of symbolic of the season because a lot of times we've had a lot of those drives mm -hmm. where we were moving the ball – and we were moving the clock, obviously chewing the clock. But then it seemed like once we got into that red zone, we would always stall out. And there you, you capitalize, and you were able to punch it in <coughs> and get those yeah. touchdowns that you needed. Um, although I was scared that we may not get the game started. I've never seen, in, in all my years of playing, coaching, and broadcasting high school football, I've never seen where the lights did not come on till like 10 till 7. Yep. I was getting concerned. Uh, yeah, the, the scoreboard was wild, too. So it was doing I, – I know during track, our scoreboard at Selchfield does the same thing. So it'll, like – it'll be on time and it keeps time, but then it freezes and then it jumps back. And so the scoreboard is doing the same thing. And there was one point at the end of the game I go out and I tell the official, like, hey, I'm going to call a timeout when there's one second on the clock. Oh, geez, this is going to be a – this is going to be an experience. It's like, I'll count. I'll help you out, Coach. <laughs> it was – yeah, the uh, the lights came on late. The scoreboard is a little wonky, but they had great facilities. They had a – it was a really, really nice place. I've never – 
you know, never – obviously I've been to Grand Rapids, but I've never been to Godwin Heights, never well, heard the only of Godwin bad, Heights. Unfortunately, the only bad thing about it was their press box was a completely concrete block wall. I felt like I was in a prison cell, and it, and it ended up freaking, like, totally killing our Internet uh, usage. So we actually lost Internet, like, midway through the second quarter yeah. and couldn't regain it. I was furious. I'm like, here we drove two hours. Um, and I was texting my wife. I was like, we drove all the way up here, and now I can't even broadcast anymore. Yeah. So it was it was very frustrating, but we did our best um, keeping things po- uh, posted on our social media pages. Um, but when you look at the game overall, it was a complete – I mean, you had everything. Yeah. Obviously, Carter Sebecki <coughs> um, and, and um, Caden Reith had phenomenal games moving the football and yep. scoring there. And then, obviously, Caden Warfield – does it again, and he electrified and kind of well, – that was a, a huge play, obviously, in the game. Oh, huge Because when, when they got the long touchdown pass and every, all the – just sucked the wind right out of us, yeah. and then boom, ensuing kickoff, Caden takes it 85 yards to the house. Huge. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've battled with all year, and it's something, you know, we had all of our, our end-of-season evaluations, and we kind of talked as a staff. Um, and that's one thing that we definitely addressed is we seemed like we were a uh, – you know, we were a team that we were out in these prize fights, and every time we would get a haymaker right to our chin, it would take us a couple of plays to kind of get that out of our system. I know, like Buchanan, right? We had the the bad punt, uh, the bad punt snap, and the very first play, we have you know two or three guys out of position, and we give up an easy touchdown. Benton Harbor, you know, we we have a drive and we turn the ball over, and then we give them. I think it was a three or four play drive. Boom, thirty five yards right into the end zone. It's like it, it, we would have these 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 quick change, these sudden change plays, and it would take our guys a second to kind of regain their composure. Uh, but I think you know defensively we had a good game plan, and so I mean even we did, we did we had a couple of turnovers, we had a couple of miscues, we had the you know the the fourth and one that we didn't convert on, which I always say if fourth and one anywhere on the field, I'm yeah. going for it. You know the I'll do my Jalen Hurts tush push uh, right. impersonation. Um, so we did. We had one that, you know, we ended up turning the ball over right at the one or two yard line, and our defense just immediately, like, all right, pin your ears back. And rather than waiting and reacting, we, we put our defense in a position to, uh, you know, to, to go after the ball and, and make some disruptions. And, you know, we, we did a great job scouting, uh, had, you know, made some moves. I don't know if you guys caught on, but we were running a little bit of a tight front, which we hadn't done all year. I'd suggested it a couple of times, uh, but we went ahead and put in a tight front, so we were able to jump between an odd and an even front. Um, and so when we were able to kind of start getting their tendencies, uh, we were able to, to really, you know, pick apart what they were doing and got them kind of out of rhythm and got them a little desperate where they were making, you know, making mistakes that, you know, rather than us being the team making mistakes, we were forcing them to make mistakes. And even us making mistakes, we were able to, to, to recoup and regather our composure and get back after, get, get back on the field, get back on the gun line and get back in the fight. So, obviously, we, we talked about, you know, the offense doing their part. And then special teams with Caden, obviously, with the with the big kickoff return. And yep. His second of his career. He got one last year against Cass and now this one. Um, and then defensively, towards the end of the game, Kevin Roberts. See, I, there are so many seniors that stepped up. And you can yep. tell, obviously, you know, this is they know it's their final game. They, <coughs> they know. Yep. Um, you know, Brock Dye gets a sack. Yep. Gavin Schof is in there on basically on one leg, you know, and I oh, knew yeah. I, I could tell I knew he wasn't coming out. I, yeah. I just knew with his demeanor, um, and then obviously Kevin Roberts gets the huge interception um, to kind of set up for your other one, and then Emerson Gogley, Emerson freshman, Gogley. Emerson who didn't even start. Yep. He didn't even come out till week what? Uh, three or four. Yeah, three or four. Three or yeah. four 
pretty much then once he came in, all right, we're going to start to develop you as our JV quarterback. Here he finds himself now, then obviously with what went down with the basketball players deciding, you know, to focus their attention towards basketball. Here he comes. Now he also has a role in the secondary, and he gets a pick six. Yeah. And, man, did he showcase <coughs> his speed. Yeah. We didn't. I, yeah. Where was that been? No, it's awesome, too. And I think, too, like it's, again, like – Massive, massive credit to these guys. You know, we put a really good game plan in front of them. Uh, we scouted. I think I inadvertently, like, on huddle. I'm, I'm up till 2, 3 in the morning on huddle, and I inadvertently shared something, and it was, like, 2.30 in the morning, so everybody on staff got an email at 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, oh, my God. No problem. I'm it's, sorry, guys. It's okay. Usually I wait and send it in the morning, but, I again, like, we're, we're looking for things, anything we can get. And so we knew that in this particular play, like obviously they, you know, we, we run our trips coverage a specific way. And we told them like, hey, they love that backside fade. And we told them exactly what to key on to know when they're throwing the backside fade. And you can see in the film, as soon as he saw that key, he turns his hips and just flies, doesn't even look back for the ball, just flies to go find that backside solo, turns around and the ball just happens to be right there in front of him, picks it, takes it to the house. And again, so I mean, that's an athletic play. And huge credit for him for being athletic enough to, you know, make that play and be fast enough. But that was such a high IQ football play that we gave the guys something to key on. And they, he saw that key and was able to – I mean, he broke on that pass before the ball was even in the air because he saw the key. So again, just, yes – um, insanely athletic play, but it has me so excited for the future of this kid because that was such a high IQ move for him to see that and then break on that pass before the ball was even in the air. Like, that's that's a kid that's got a, a very, very quite, high ceiling. Quite the springboard into the offseason <coughs> into next year for, for uh, not only Emerson, but, I mean, it was kind of weird. We talked to, obviously, Terry Bohr, my broadcasting sidekick, um, and, and assistant coach Brian Lattisaw, we normally ride up together um, to the away games. And, you know, we, we were talking, coming off, it was, it was a weird, I don't know if I've ever come across, because normally when you say goodbye to your seniors and you know that it's their last game, it's so gut-wrenching because a lot of times, too, it's also coming on a loss. Yeah. And for this time to say to go out there, and, and it was kind of a, it was just kind of an odd moment after the game. There was a bunch of us, and it was just like this is this is weird because yeah. you want to pay your tribute, you know. But it, it wasn't as gut wrenching. It was it was bittersweet, no doubt. Yeah. But it, I've never been in that type of scenario where you're saying goodbye to seniors yet they had a hell of a game and they're coming and they're finishing it with a de- with a win. Yeah, and that's that was our big thing. And I know I messaged the guys uh, on on our, our team messaging app afterwards. And I told him the same thing, you know, we, we knew, you know, going into this week that we as a team, we as a staff, we as players, we knew that we really left some stuff on the field in the last couple of weeks. And that's, that's on us. And we know that we know that we, you know, we are, we, we made this bed and we're lying in it now. Um, and so I just sent the message like, listen, I know, you know, regardless of what happens with playoffs, I have been telling you guys all year that I will put this team on a bus and take you guys anywhere. And it's like, listen, we could be right now sitting at home enjoying our, you know, three and six record with a forfeit win to Hartford, or we can be on a bus and we can be getting 48 more minutes of football. And for a lot of these guys, the last time they'll ever put on pads, I mean, it is what it is. Yes. The, the realization that it's like this is for a lot of you guys this is the last time you are ever going to put on pads and it's like we are in a position that we at least get to go out standing on our feet you know still you know still fire until the to the magazine is empty 
Um, and we got to do that. So it was nice to see these seniors, like, you know, we, we were able to put it together and, and we went out and we sort of went out on our own terms. Uh, we went down swinging, and this is obviously not the season that any of us expected, um, you know, not the community, not the coaching staff, not the players, but at least, you know, for 48 minutes, we were the Bobcats that we knew that we could have been, and there was at least a little bit of a sigh of relief, like, okay, we, you know, we have that in us. And I think, too, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we know, you know, looking ahead, you know, what were the prospects of us hanging a state championship banner? You know, there's the Jackson Lumen Christies and the Muskegon Norths. And, you know, we knew that, you know, our our hopes in the playoffs were, you know, hey, we want to win a district. That's what we're looking for. We, you know, we want to be competitive in conference. But at the end of the day, the the job of football coaches and the purpose of athletic-based education is to teach lessons. And I think, too, you know, as we get into the season, you know, that, that roster, that, that locker room got a lot thinner. You know, all of a sudden, you know, that that, that clothes rack of, of jerseys hanging in my classroom. There's a lot of jerseys that are left hanging on that thing when we got on the bus uh, on Friday. But I told the guys, like, this is, this is a really good learning experience for you to realize that, you know, when, when you are, you know, on a winning streak, it's easy for people to be here putting in the work, uh, you know, putting in, the, putting in the sweat, putting in the blood, putting in the, 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 the effort. But I told them, like, even these JV guys, like, there are guys that are still out here at the practice field basically being your tackling dummies, and, you know, they, they know they're not getting on the field on Friday night. Like, they are here for the sole purpose that they haven't given up on you. And I was just like, this is a great opportunity for you guys to learn that lesson that, you know, when you are in your lowest of lows and you are in a rut, it's a great opportunity for you to take a look around and take stock of, all right, who are the people that are still here fighting? Um, and I, I really, I hope that that's a lesson that these guys are, you know, they're going to go take on to their next sports. They're going to go take on to their post-educational uh, opportunities. And, you know, it's going to make them better husbands, better fathers, better community members. And I, I, I truly believe that. So, you know, even in the, the lows of a season that didn't work out the way we wanted to, I think that there's going to be some, some long-term really, really good takeaways from the things that happened out there. We say goodbye to some amazing seniors. Um, I'm afraid to go down the list because I, I yeah. don't have a roster in front of me. But obviously, <coughs> you know, we, we let's just start with our quarterback, Caden Reith, yeah. um, and just the the growth that this young man has done just in the last year, from yeah. what he got thrown into last year to what he did uh, this year. I mean, he's one of the better option. I mean, how he learned that option and the, and the follow. I mean, he's like a master of the of the QB follow. Um, that where there were times where. You know, when he goes in, you don't know if he's going to do an option or he's going to do a follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does a great job and just such a, a wonderful young man, great family. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously credit to him. You know, and then we've talked about the Die Twins, you know, with Brock and Connor. And obviously, you know, with what all both of them have had to endure, um, and especially Connor missing the last two years, um, you know, just that, that's the one thing that still twists my gut, you know. But the way they've handled it. Um, yeah, has <laughs> it, been amazing. Um, and then you look at Kevin Roberts, yeah. you know, and, and um, you know, to see him get that interception, you know, yeah. and um, Josh Petrolia, uh, Joe Frazier, um, some of the other ones. And, and, and I'll let you uh, chime in as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even guys like, you know, Joe's Mar, like we talk about Joe's Mar, Joe's Mar. When he was able, because obviously he, he injured his knee very, very badly in wrestling, and there was a lot of concern that he wouldn't be able to play at all. 
So then when he got medically cleared, it's like, all right, there's like three weeks left in the season, and he decided to come out anyways. And just even the, the shot of excitement that having Joe Smart out there, because for people that don't know Joe Smart Perez, Joe Smart is about five foot five, 120 pounds, and he is pound for pound the hardest hitting, most physical kid on that football team. Um, just, that is, that yeah. is a fact. Yeah, he is just to, to be able to get him back, even just for a couple of games. Um, I know, like Charles McLaurin. I mean, Charles McLaurin didn't play sports of any kind until his brother drug him out, kicking and screaming, and forced him to play in the middle and of I last year. And I saw Phil in the stands. That was <coughs> awesome to yeah. see him there. Friday yeah. night as well. It was so funny because Charles, obviously, you know, he, he hasn't missed a snap all season long to injury. He's been out there the entire game. And then we scored a touchdown, and we're going for two. And we look out, and it's like, where the hell's Charles? And he was off on the sidelines. Like, Charles, you never come off the field. We just talked about this. And it was just even like having a good laugh with him about that. And it's like, so there we go. So I just complimented you for literally never missing a play, and you had to miss one play. And um, then, yeah. and then we, and Gavin Schof. I mean, is there anybody that knows? He he just knows. Obviously, for taking his play uh, away from it. Yeah. He just knows what. He's a comedian. He's yeah. a card. He's like the class clown, but he just he knows what to say at the right moments to mm-hmm. kind of keep everybody. <laughs> oh in no. check. Oh, or, absolutely. I mean, it's. But then you talk about his play on the field. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, like Joe's Mart, a little bit bigger. He's he got a little bit more muscle mass. He's a little, he's a little but stockier, he ain't much yeah. taller, you <laughs> no. know. But but his personality is so chilled and laid back yeah. that you would never expect to see that fire that he has when he's yeah. playing. Oh no, and I think too, and obviously, like I don't want to don't want to start anything with with officials, but like to to know that he was ejected from yeah. a game for throwing a punch and had to sit for a home game the same kid that he year. helped up like three <coughs> plays prior and to that yeah the entire game all night long he's helping kids up and i mean you see him face mask to face mask with kids and he's legitimately saying like yeah, that was a good hit baby that was a good effort Ooh, i had to work on that one like every single snap he's being positive he's helping kids up and it's just like this kid had to sit for a game this is a absolute travesty that this kid had to sit. And again, like, I still blame myself because we, we record off of an old iPad so we don't have the clearest of film. I still think the Kalamazoo Officials Association is fantastic, and I think, like, there have been a lot of situations where people, if they send film, they're like, hey, like, we can get stuff overturned. And, you know, we all season log have been using Boo Boo Cruise and an iPad to record our game. Like, that's that's definitely a, a 2024 change is we have to get better filming because this, this officials association we go with is fantastic. I still think if we had better, clearer film of that play that we could have gotten that ejection overturned and – but, I mean, that's just, like, that's – he is the last person on earth you would have ever thought to have that happen. And it's just – it's so frustrating to be out here and seeing, like, he's being just the absolute perfect sportsman. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really frustrating, and I feel bad for him. But, again, for him to go out and just kind of dictate how he went out is, is, is a huge compliment to him. So, as we said, we finished the season at 3-6. and six. Now moving forward – um, you know, obviously, you know, it's it's the, the dreading days of putting all the equipment away and, and getting everything, you know, where do you take time off just a little bit to, to kind of decompress, spend some family time? I mean, what what's what's the next move for Coach Kinsey? Yeah, and the short answer is no. Uh, I know like today even like I, I always say, you know, you can't you can't tell these kids like I preach, you know, hashtag LYB is love, love your brother. Um, you know, I can't like – preach I love you know I love these guys and then go take three weeks off like I'm, I'm right back at it 
I already told, so seniors and juniors, they are going to come in and I tell them they get their personal effects out of the lockers. I personally handle all of their helmet, shoulder pad stuff. I'll get all that stuff. That's, again, I'm a big, big believer in servant leadership, and that's how I show that. Uh, so I will get their lockers cleaned out for them. The freshmen and the sophomores are going to get theirs going. Um, and obviously, you know, November 13th, we start our next sports season. Basketball and wrestling starts up November 13th. Uh, and we have to do a good job. And I know just from being on uh, Coach Shaw's staff for a short time, they do such a good job of utilizing the MHSAA, that four-man pod practice thing. Uh, but we're going to start back immediately. And it's, you know, we know, you know, we, we've talked about this before. You know, we have a, a, a football team full of kids that aren't football players. A lot of, most of these kids are wrestlers first, basketball players first, baseball players first. And so, you know, we have to, like, we've got a bunch of these guys that are going to be at baseball practice all spring, but maybe they don't have a, a winter sport. So we're going to do everything we can to get these guys into the weight room and, you know, getting conditioned and plyometrics. Um, you know, we're going to do our clinicking. Obviously, I, I pay for a, a staff pass for Glazier Clinics. We're going to go all over the place. I know Bart Curtis is going to present at the Atlantic City um, Glazier Clinic this year. We're going to try to head out there to, to, to go be a part of that. Um, you know, we're going to try to take the staff down to Harding and Searcy, Arkansas. Um, you know, we're going to do all those things to try to get better. Um, you know, it is like there is no time to decompress. I'm, I'll decompress when I'm dead. What's the old Reggie Miller, we'll rest when we're dead thing. Uh, it is, that's, that's how I feel. It's, it's immediately back to work. You know, the guys, I'll let the guys have some time off, but as a coaching staff, we, you know, three and six is, is going to stick in our craw for a really long time. And the only way to, to make it better is to, to put the effort in and get right back on the gun line and get right back to work. On a side note, and being you're a South Bend guy, yep. I was shout out to my alum along Wa with my, my wife and I. My wife and I are proud Wawasee alums, and the Wawasee Warriors knock off South Bend Riley on Friday night for the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> that yeah, I that was a shocker because Wawasee's had a terrible season. Yep. They, they've been down uh, for a while, and that was one game. Yeah. I mean, because Riley had a hell of a year. <laughs> yeah, it had a great year, and again, like. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, those the, uh, of the 20 seniors that are on that roster, there's about, I think, nine or nine of them that were on my football team when I was the coach there. Um, I'm gutted for those kids. I'm so excited because, like, I'm sure right now it hurts, but, you know, give it a couple of weeks and they'll be able to look back and realize that they did something really historic. Um, and I, I hope that they're proud of that. Again, I'm gutted for them because I was really, you know, obviously – you know, it's, it stings to be kind of pushed out of a situation like that, but that has nothing to do with the kids. I'm so happy for the kids for the year that they had. But I think that it does speak to, obviously, with, you know, Jimtown and Bremen and, and Glenn leaving the NIC this year. I know we had been, you know, we had been dealing with this, you know, myself and a couple of the other head coaches back when I was still coaching the NIC. We were very aware of the fact that the NIC was facing some problems, and we were kind of trying to think of some ways to, 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 to stop the NIC from falling apart. But I think, you know, if you just saw basically the, the champion of the NIC South getting beat by the doormat of the NLC, you know, it definitely it makes you realize, like, the, that the conference is blowing up for a reason, that there are, you know, there, there used to be really, really solid football being played in the NIC. And I think there still is in a lot of ways. But I think that, you know, you have a conference that you have, you know, schools of 500, schools of 1,000, schools that have freshman JV and varsity teams, schools that can't field the JV team. It's just, I mean, we're seeing a lot of that even here in Michigan with conference alignment. And, you know, the OK Conference has all of its stuff going on. It, it really has. It was just like this hodgepodge conference. And I think that, 
you know, Wawasee being one and eight. Yeah, but they're one and eight versus who? Warsaw, Mishawaka, Concord, like Northwood. Yeah, they were one North and eight. Ridge. Yeah, they were one and eight versus teams that like I I tell my my Brandywine players I'll put them on a bus anywhere anytime. I don't think I'm putting them on a bus and taking them to Northridge. Like those are legitimate, holy cow, good football programs. And so I can understand, you know, programs like like Glenn and Jimtown and Bremen making a decision to to, to jump and go try to find, you know, more like sized programs moving forward. Um, but so I mean, it is huge, huge props to Wawasee, huge props to to Wawasee's coaching staff. Obviously, my uh, my old mentor Reggie Glon, his son Connor Glon is on staff down there, and so I'm, oh, ha- nice. I'm happy for them. Good yeah, night, I know that. so I'm super happy for them. Um, but and it I'm is, impressed that you actually pronounce the, you pronounce the school's <laughs> name right, Wawasee, not Wawasee. Everybody oh, wants no. to really enunciate the Wawa. You, per, you you enunciated it perfectly, and thank you for that. I'm very proud of you. You're, you're welcome. Hey, I'm an Indiana. <laughs> and I didn't pay you to do that. I'm an Indiana boy at heart. I know it's still funny because I like even like with Godwin Heights. Like if you gave me a blank map of Indiana and just shouted out the name of one of the 320 football programs, I could put it on the map. I could tell you their mascot. I could tell you their colors. It's like Godwin Heights. Where's Godwin Heights? It's in yeah. Wyoming. I don't know where Wyoming is. Like I don't know Michigan yet. It's 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 wild. But hey, we ran a little straight tea on Friday. Yes, we did. So I I've got a little bit of uh, – I'm getting a little bit of a Coach Michigan Bart's flavor. Coach would have been proud. I tell you what, hey, we we took Paige right out of the Olivet and uh, Belding playbook and ran a little straight tee. It's, it's, it felt it felt kind of a little naughty, but it felt nice at the same time. So I, I feel like I'm slowly embracing. A little something embracing. to think about in the offseason? A little something to think about in the offseason. Although, r- realistically, we, we still ran our same offense from it. We just It's a nice way to kind of get a no-motion look from that. Um, yeah, but it was – I'm not going to lie, it uh, it, it yeah. felt right. It felt really nice. Real quick, to go back to Wallace, I don't ever think I told you or not, but my dad was on the first ever Wallace football team. I did not. I In did not know fall that. fall of 1968. He actually – and he that. even played – there was a gentleman by the name of Bill Pipp that was on that team and then actually went on to play at Indiana, and then he was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and then he, I believe he got injured in camp or whatever and yeah. ended up not having a, a career. But, yeah, my dad was on Wallace's first ever football team. I didn't in, know that. In the fall of 68. They even yeah. played White's Institute. It was like a, a prison, like a child's teenage prison. Is that the one that's right outside school? of Wabash? I believe so. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I remember yes. that. That's, that's, a, that's a daunting ask. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it's Wallace's. I, I, I love those guys. I actually, when I was at Marion under Reggie Glan for years, we would always open our season with our scrimmage against Wallace. Um, yeah, and I mean, even at, at when I was at Riley, we went to that Manchester seven on seven camp, and we would uh, we would go up against Wallace. Uh, so it is. I'm 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 excited for them. It's it's a it's a, a big exciting thing for them, and I think it does show that you know the NLC is not to be not to be trifled with. That's a, that is a daunting football conference. Holy cow! Well, coach. Obviously, I know the season didn't end the way you wanted to from a record standpoint, but we do finish the season with a win. Um, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, everything you've done. Kept me on staff with the middle school, yeah. even though we didn't have the, the results on the scoreboard. Um, I'm excited about the kids that are coming back up, you know, with and how they <coughs> faced, you know, what the, yeah. the adversity that they had to go to. I got to thank this kid right here. Uh, got first time behind the mic with his old man uh, with RC3, my son Ryan. Um, even got to do his first play-by-play uh, last week against Coloma. So it was really fun doing games with him this year also and uh, look forward to it. Yeah, it's, it is. And, again, like, obviously, you know, the, the goal is always winning games and winning titles and hanging banners. But, 
you know, at the same time, it is, I think, you know, as, as the days go by, you start to look back and realize, you know, those guys are always going to remember that Dwajak game, like the, what it felt like. Again, we have such a connection with that community, what it felt like to, to go in and play the, uh, the, the upset uh, guys in that, that situation. And, you know, even just, you know, like you said, being able to. You wrecked their season. We wrecked their season. We did. Um, that was, they weren't the same after. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. But it is, you know, it is. It's, it's all those side things, and it still stings. But I think, like you said, um, you know, even coming from Indiana, like you we used to always say that, you know, only six teams get to win their last football game. We just won our last football game. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, that, this is weird. Like, I don't, That's I don't, what I say. It was just I don't weird. know how to process this. It was a very weird this. feeling. Yeah, and it was on turf, so I don't have to worry about doing the laundry as, as much this. I don't have to scrub right. as much this week. That'll be nice. Um, we actually tried to kick a PAT. That was that was we have PAT tees again. And you, you I, I told you why we didn't kick a PAT for two weeks, right? No. So we had some soccer players that were testing out to see if they could kick, and they left the tees out on the grass, and the groundskeepers ran over them with a lawnmower. Oh, so boy. so we didn't have the little the, the little PAT tee. So we had to go for two for two weeks while we were waiting for a new tee to get to get ordered. So they. Division Seven football, baby. Yeah, let's go. Well, hopefully, maybe next year uh, the MHSA will pull their head out of their, you know what, and maybe we'll d- finally figure out a way to d- how Indiana does it, and everybody's in the playoffs, and we're not having these conversations. We're we're all talking and and talking about playoff competitions and winning district titles. Yeah, for sure. It would be just hey, I mean, it's an easy fix. You just go to eight regular season games, and then that ninth game is a playoff game. And and honestly, like you see, like what I was just saying between. You know the the Big Eight, the OK Conference, and even what with happened with us with the you know the Berrien County, St. Joe, whatever, and like there's been so much conference chaos. And I know, you know, just to go to to shorten the regular season to eight games and take the playoff point thing out of it, you know, it's really hard. Some of these Division Eight, Division Seven teams, like. You know, we're we're reaching out trying to find opponents to play, and you know, if you're a Division Five team or Division Six team, and you see a Division Seven team, they're making decisions like, well, you know, that's only 25 playoff points. That doesn't really help, and it makes it really tough to schedule. So, you know, I I can definitely see. I understand like the playoffs are a, a big thing that's been going on in Michigan for years, but. Again, like I'm not just saying this because I'm a Hoosier, but I think like states like Illinois and Wisconsin have kind of copied exactly the way the rules that Indiana. I mean, even you know special teams not counting as a quarter, right? Uh, being able to use shoulder pads in the summer. I think every other state in the area is kind of copying what Indiana's doing because Indiana's doing it right. You know, really the other are. thing too, I wonder. I I think it's going to have a huge impact on eight man <coughs> football because yeah. I think that my think my feeling is is that you look at schools like Bridgman. It, bring, it, it might bring them back. I mean, because it's so hard to come back to 11-man from once you convert to eight. But I think in a situation like that where you know you're going to be able to make the playoffs, where right now they can't play in playoff games yeah. because of their school enrollment. Um, and then and then you talk about the, the JV varsity eligibility issues where they're all eligible to play on special teams and not count. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be – because you look at Indiana – is eight-man football a big thing in Indiana compared to Michigan? Hell no. Oh, I think there's only like four or five yeah. programs. And one of the two programs that ran eight-man in 22, uh, which is that Blackhawk Christian, they jumped to 11-man as the second year. They did it as like a feasibility exercise. But it is. It's, you know, it, and again, this is not a knock on eight-man football in any way, but it is like teams that go to eight-man, it's so hard to then make the transition back. And, and again, just from a player safety standpoint, you know, we got guys like Gavin Schof that are out there on kick return and kickoff like, I got to get that guy off the field yep. for a minute. Have to. I have, have to. to. And being able to put, 
you know, a, a, a kid like a Logan Ziegler or a Jack Perez who've worked their butts off. Like, I can use them on, on special teams instead. And, you know, it gets them excited. That's another mom up in the stands taking pictures of their kid on the field on Friday night. And Gavin Schof is off the field for, you know, 80 seconds getting a sip of water. Just from a, a player safety standpoint, just the more, you know, having a, a roster of 30 kids versus a roster of 18 kids, it's, right. it's, it's just safer. It, it definitely needs to happen at some point. Well, Coach, thank you again, and uh, here's to 2024. Absolutely. Thank you for everything. Appreciate all the hard work you do. This, this Coach's Corner has been a lot of fun. It, feel, it feels like old school coaching high school football, having a radio show on, you know, the 96.1 WKVI, the voice of the Valley. And, like, it's just it's, it's cool being a, you know, being a part of, uh, of this. And I definitely appreciate you, uh, you having me on and doing all this and doing all the hard work. And, uh, nobody, 20- nobody funner to do a f- podcast than you. I tell you what, I try. I try to be a character. Yes. I try to be. Try to be a lot of fun. I try not to get myself a, in trouble too much. You are, but you are a natural. I appreciate that. I'm, it's a hey. I have a face for radio, so I got to take advantage. <laughs> hey, of I it. know the feeling. <laughs> All Just, right, well, appreciate it. Go Cats. Thank you, Justin Kinsey, the head coach of the Brandywine Bobcats. We'll take a quick break and we'll wrap up right after this. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill and Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at wingsetc.com. And that is going to wrap up this year's Coach's Corner here at Wings, etc. Once again, I want to spend say a special thank you to Jeremy Bales um, and all of his staff here at the Niles Wings who have been a gracious host all year. Um, have to thank all of our coaches, Justin Kinsey of Brandywine, Scott Shaw of Niles, and uh, Mark Fry of Buchanan. Did not make it uh, the trip over here tonight. Obviously, Buchanan, they are also in the playoffs as well as they will be playing Kalamazoo uh, Hackett Prep on Friday night up there at Kalamazoo. So that's who Buchanan will be playing. Unfortunately, we were unable to talk to Coach Fry about that, but we wish the Bucks the best of luck. Obviously, we wish the Niles Vikings the best of luck also in their playoff quest as they begin Friday night at home against Vicksburg. And then obviously, um, unfortunately, no playoffs for Brandywine, but hey, next year, 2024. But once again, want to thank all of our listeners and again, thank um, everybody here at Wings, et cetera, and all the communities involved. Um, we appreciate all your support. And until next year, you've been listening to Coach's Corner right here on rcsportscasting.com. For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.